in between seasons, we just interviewed an amazing Canadian historian. Oh my gosh. The coolest person. Couldn't I believe her. it. Charlotte Gray. Um, I Googled her when we were preparing for the interview and it was like, she is like the, she's the, like the top, like best selling Canadian historian in Canada. Excuse like, me. What? Excuse me. Also, it just like totally fits with what we're doing this episode too. It's like Gilmore Girls screams fall. Canada screams fall. And mothers all and about mothers. Multi-generational relationships. Um, I will say though, I know everybody probably hates when we talk about the weather but it was feeling like fall last week and now we've been in an oven a straight up convection oven yeah in baltimore it has been terrible <laughs> i it's been the so hottest it's been all year if you live in texas or in whatever southwest states are being affected what was it like arizona or mm -hmm. new mexico or something where like they were like frying eggs on cars yeah i am so deeply sorry for what you've been going through because we've only had a week of this, and I feel terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. I hate it so much. Um, it's going to cool down again this weekend, but, like... Thank God. I was like, I don't know how they have been doing this all summer no, in those states. So we need to we need to place ourselves in Connecticut. 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 <laughs> we need to be on the Yale um, campus. Ugh. The leaves are changing. The dreamiest. So no the Warner how, Brothers backlot, <laughs> which also actually is kind of fitting because, because they were so hot, very cold weather and they were probably boiling. <laughs> on that like, set. She's like in a scarf, but like a V-neck shirt. And you're like, <laughs> girl, if you're in Connecticut, your heart would freeze out of your body. Cover up your innards. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is a wet cold, not a dry heat. <laughs> we know what you're going through. Exactly. Um, but yes. So we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about the weather. No. We're here to talk about history. On the rocks. With Katie. And Allie. This is a podcast where we talk about famous women in history. We talk about good women and bad women and fictional women and non-fictional women from all times and places because women have nuance. But keep in mind, we're drinking the entire time. And we're not historians, but we are very well versed. <laughs> In this week's episode, which is our in-between season 15 and 16 episode mm -hmm. on none other but the Gilmore Girls. The Gilmore Girls. The Lies, All the Lies. I'm so excited. And Emily. <laughs> and Emily. <laughs> One might argue the most important Gilmore Girl. I agree. I might argue. <laughs> um, I am so excited for this episode because it just feels so natural to us. I mean, this show came out at the exact right time for us. Did I do any research? No. no. I typed it out of my brain. <laughs> I typed it out of my actual literal brain. I didn't prepare one bit for this episode. Um, except like, for the multiple times <laughs> that I watched it from beginning to end. Right. And the time that we listened to an entire episode by episode podcast on it. Twice. Yeah. We've got a lot going on. Yes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is our just for fun episode. Sure. So we have been also asking people to send in their Gilmore Girls things. So we got some really great stuff. Vero sent us a picture outside of the Daughters of the American Revolution Hall or whatever the fuck it was. It was this big stone sign. And it was like, just like for your consideration. I was like, I love this. I, I love everything it. about this. Right. I Every time I'm like, the show. Uh, why? I bet. I could trace myself back. I bet I could get into the Daughters of the American Revolution. I don't think I could. Even though my grandmother insists that we're descendants of John Adams. 
girl. My grandmother insisted. She goes, my maiden name is Adams. And I'm like, so no. is like half of the American population. Baby, it's such a common last I was name. Massachusetts Bay Colony. Really? I'm Massachusetts Bay Colony old. Wow. Yeah. I'm like hawthorning it up. I'm the daughter of the witches. <laughs> I am just straight up assuming that like we were sausage farmers who came over on some boats. Yeah. That's what I'm assuming. Absolutely. The Dinkleman family. <laughs> the the um, Dinkle people. <laughs> the Dinkle people. Um, let's talk about history. what we're drinking though. So that then oh, we can do physical. Right. I'm sorry. Um, and Maureen, thank you for your funny video of it's feeling a la la season. Uh-huh. And uh, we will talk about Emily in Paris. Don't you worry, Maureen. Please don't. So just our little shout outs. Allie, what are we drinking tonight? So <laughs> I did not give it a name. I'm just going to call it Al's Pancake World because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else to call it. Um, this is kind of a take on an espresso martini. So it is the, as Laurel, I would like it. It is the leftover coffee from my coffee pot Perfect. that instead of throwing away, I dump into a pitcher and put uh-huh. in my fridge and uh-huh. saran wrap. Uh-huh. And then I mixed it in a cocktail shaker over ice with lots of vodka mm. and um, simple syrup. I love making espresso martinis mm-hmm. with old coffee. Mm-hmm. I think it's delicious. It's and the best. You need to pair it with your favorite junk food because yep. for some reason those girls are always eating and size too. Yep. They could not eat like they eat on that show. No. So cheers. Cheers. Mm. Also, this is delicious. Thank you. And it's very fitting because Lorelai drinks a vodka martini with a twist. Just a little twist. Just a little twist. And some coffee. And <laughs> she drinks plenty of coffee. So this is what does she say the, like the first time she's on screen? Coffee, 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 yeah. coffee. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So let's do some. Uh, oh, oh, wait. You're busy. You're so busy. You're crunching around in the leaves in New England, but also being Lucky respectful of people's properties. I saw a thing this week on Instagram that was like, someone was like, I'm here at Sleepy Hollow Farm, like having a great time. And someone like cut in their video and they're like, that is someone's house. Someone <laughs> lives at Sleepy Hollow Farm. They're like, please go Do away. not go there. <laughs> You're like, it is someone's literal house. Like, stop telling people to go there. It's not a tourist destination. Okay. I really hope so that. <laughs> appropriately walking along a beautiful New England street. At, at William & Mary. At, you're at William & oh, Mary. You're walking around the Universite. Gorgeous. gorgeous. So you're walking. <laughs> it's not New England. Where the hell is that? Virginia? That's in, that's in Williamsburg, Virginia. <laughs> okay, wait. Where's a good college? Don't we'll say, say Harvard. Harvard or Yale. Oh. <laughs> Dartmouth. MIT. Another Ivy League. <laughs> MIT. Um, so you're on a beautiful college campus. You're crunching through the leaves. You have your headphones in and you want to keep looking at that foliage. You are a leaf peeper and proud of it. Perfect. And you don't want to look up what these women look like. No. So we're going to describe the Gilmore Girls for you. We're going to get a little physical, physical. Allie, who do you want to tell us what they look like? I want to do, I want to do Lorelai so bad. So I think the first thing that always like psychs me out when I watch the show is the first season Lauren Graham is supposed to be 33 years old (laughs) I'm like fuck I'm 37 currently (laughs) like I'm so much older than Lauren Graham was supposed to be but anyway the people in Friends were supposed to be like 25 so who cares so 
Lorelai is a 33-year-old um, single mother from New England who came from money. She wears a lot of boot-cut pants. Oh, yeah, she loves And a loves a micro sweater, mm-hmm. which my children, when we were doing a rewatch, could not understand. <laughs> she loves a skinny <laughs> scarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she gets into business, she is very good at a s- business attire, a pantsuit, uh-huh. a skirt suit. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes, her clothes are not clean or ironed or dry so she has to wear whatever's left over from her teenage years which she miraculously still fits in mm. uh and she has brown hair and is just beautiful Lauren oh. graham is stunning absolutely stunning i read her memoir i fucking loved it i have not read it's that. called talking as fast as i can <sighs> and it's so good a dream she's a great writer um I'm going to describe Rory because Rory is the second, actually the third technically, Lorelai, yeah. Lorelai Jr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Rory is, when we meet her, a young, fresh-faced teen. And let me tell you, she does look like every bit of like 15, 16 when we meet her. The most boring great, wardrobe I've ever seen. Great casting. Great wardrobe. Great wardrobe. She is but she does have like the face of an angel and like her and Lorelai do have the same striking blue eyes. Big so, doe eyes. Unlike Lily and Harry Potter, they have the same <laughs> eyes. <laughs> you have your mother's eyes. Um, she Last really does. thing your teacher said to you before he died. <laughs> um, and when we first meet her, she is just like so young, so innocent, so awkward. Like it's very believable. She wears a really cute Chilton school outfit. Ponytail. That's like she has a ponytail. She wears saddle shoes. Everybody <laughs> loves it. Um, and if not that, then she is in like very basic clothes. She loves corduroy. <laughs> we know that. We know that for sure. <laughs> and loves then she corduroy. goes to college and she cuts her hair short. And like then we all, all sudden, do. We all do that. And then all of a sudden, she's dating a rich boy. So then her hair looks like it was professionally done every morning. Right. <laughs> and she's wearing very fashionable clothes, which is a little, like, I understand the show got a bigger budget, but I really, that first season, like, you're like, this is believable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. I buy that she wears the same corduroy jacket in every fucking scene. Sure. Um, and just puts her hair in a pony. Same. With, like, very minimal makeup. I really thought they did a good job. <laughs> um, and I guess I'm going to follow up with Emily just because yeah. I think we have to do her because have she to. is a dream come true. She is a big fan of Chanel. All, like, Chanel all of Emily's clothes are Chanel suits. I think that they're different. They're like that wool <laughs> like wool patterned Uh Chanel suit but um Emily in real life was a dancer so she's has just perfect posture and such grace which just breathes a woman that comes from money and I mean she's got the short curled under straightened grandma hair you know but it's red which is also interesting because it also I think it kind of sets her apart from her daughters her daughter her daughter and her granddaughter right um, but yeah, very classy. Whenever I think of pursed lips, I think of her. <laughs> Every time I think of her, I think of her in the final scene of Dirty Dancing oh. <laughs> when her daughter's on stage and she's like, she gets it from me. <laughs> that's when I, that's how I think of Emily Gilmore. Um, I also love when she just has like a total breakdown in like one of the episodes and she's just like smoking and in jeans and jeans like in the living room. Yeah. I love that. It's perfect. Uh, and in her robe. Um, yeah. Emily is perfect. 
She's my favorite Gilmore girl. <laughs> All right. What is first on our Gilmore girl, well, on our trip to Stars Hollow? So our trip to Stars <laughs> Hollow, I think we need to start with the showrunner. And yes. Katie, can you give us a little background on Amy Sherman Palladino, her fast talkingness, and the mm -hmm. reason she kind of left the show? Yeah. Okay. So this is, again, we did not prepare for this. I'm going off the cuff. <laughs> Amy Sherman Palladino loves a hat. We know that. She loves a crazy, whimsical hat. She She's wears lots of hats. Dan Palladino, which is where she gets the Palladino. They were both, I don't know if they were both writers on Family Guy, but he definitely was. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of like where they were getting their start. This was like, I think, one of the first like big shows she wrote. Yes. Um, Amy Sherman Palladino grew up with parents in the industry, but they were like vaudeville people. Like she literally grew up out of a trunk. Like, sure. Yes. And like in show business. So the quiet Connecticut town is not her experience. No. But <laughs> mother daughter relations, I think, very much are. <laughs> Amy Sherman Palladino does not have children. Um, but yeah, so she wrote this great mother daughter show. She runs it for all these seasons, does this great job. She talks very, very fast. The scripts for Gilmore Girls, I need people to know, are twice as long as a normal sitcom for it. Like, the normal script for a show that ran for this amount of time, it was twice as long. And they could not. No ad-libbing. No ad-libbing. No change in the word. If it said you are, you cannot say you're. And you if they mess up, they are. start it over. Start it over. Every time. She's also a master of the long shot. I need people to know this. I didn't realize this until I listened to the Gilmore Guys podcast about Gilmore Girls. But like when you really rewatch the show and pay closer attention... Some of the scenes, there is no cutting. <laughs> it is just them walking from like one side of Stars Hollow to the other with this insane amount of dialogue that they cannot change. <laughs> they have to know every single word. And I, but I think that it creates like a nice, clean, crisp show, which is what Amy Sherman Palladino wanted. And I mean, it, it created a time where the actors could, like Lorelai and Rory, I think, had this amazing mother-daughter yes. relationship on screen because um, Alexis Bledel was a brand new yes. actress practically, practically, and Lauren Graham was putting her arm around her and like dragging her to her yeah. mark <laughs> so that she could say her line. Like yep. you can see it in the first season. Like she's literally mothering her on set. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole reason they cast the two of them because they had they knew that like Lauren Graham was it. And then Alexis Bledel and her had such good chemistry. They looked so similar. They're like, okay, like this is obviously the pairing. But Alexis Bledel, this was her first, I think, big she was a teen model right. before this. Um, and then she came on the show. So this was like her first like big acting job. And it's this very intense, like not normal show right. <laughs> that she's found herself in. And I think it's worth saying that this came out um, parallel to West Wing, which was also a mm. fast-talking show written by Aaron Sorkin, who's also very famous for fast-talking shows. Fast-talking and script perfection. Mm -hmm. Like, him and Amy Sherman Palladino really did... They're very similar people. Sure. Um, and I think it's nice to see with The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that, like, Amy Sherman Palladino is kind of getting her due credit. Correct. Because they are the same. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people, he got so famous. He got so famous. He was really well respect respected. He got to finish his show. Amy Sherman, Pal Amy Sherman Palladino did not get to finish her show. Right. Because even though she had this insanely popular, well-respected show, 
she was like, all right, well then like, I need a bigger budget. You know, this is what I want. And she was in contract negotiations and they said no. And she was like, all right, well I'm walking then, which meant that she didn't get to finish her fucking show, which really irritates me because they ended up like approving a bigger budget with that stupid guy who's like obsessed with Heidi Klum yeah. um, in the last season. And it's just like, it left a really bad taste in my mouth for the whole situation. And a lot of people do not watch the seventh season yeah. or consider the seventh season canon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, when a year in the life came out, which mm-hmm. was the, you know, 12 year later show, um, some people's storylines were kind of repeated because Amy Sherman Palladino wanted her say yeah. in how each of those people's storylines would end. Yes. And we have to talk about that at the end because we I will. think it's a good finale because like I have such strong opinions about the, the a year in the life and the I last agree. season. And um, I will say though, before we move on from mm-hmm. her in the first episode of a year in the life winter, um, one of the first scenes is a long shot of Lorelai and Rory and they're walking through town talking because she has just gotten back from like a business trip Rory mm-hmm. has and they sit down on the steps of the gazebo and uh-huh. she goes, it's been a while. I missed this. Oh. And Rory goes, me too. And what they mean is the fast talking. They're not talking about each other. They're yeah. talking about the show Ugh. and Amy. And that hits me so deep every yeah. time because they're just like, it's been a while. I yep. missed this. <laughs> it's like, yes, Amy, you deserve to write that line about yourself. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Ugh. So that's Amy Sherman Palladino. That's yeah. the creator who has now, again, gone on to create Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is so good, and features Alex Borstein, yes. who is the original Suki. Right. Who was supposed so to be Suki. But really, she's but like, couldn't get out of her <laughs> mad TV contract. She's like, what does she say? You look like Natalie Wood. <laughs> She's Celine. Yes, Celine. But if if you are a lover of Gilmore Girls and didn't know that about Amy Sherman Palladino, just please know that she's so talented oh, and she had so the talented. she had the show taken from her. Like she did walk away, but for good reasons. For good reasons, because I think that if it was Aaron Sorkin making those contract negotiations, they would have just said yes. Mm-hmm. They would have just said yes, and they didn't. And it makes me really irritated yeah. because she wasn't given the respect that she deserves. So like. I know that every episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel costs millions and millions of dollars, and I don't give a shit because she fucking deserves every cent of that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All, All right. right. What's so next on the agenda? <laughs> the Gilmore Girls is a show that came out in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It lasts for seven seasons, and it is centered around a mother-daughter relationship. I think people started to realize by the end of the first season that it is a dual mother-daughter relationship that the show is focusing on. So I think, I don't think we need to go too deeply into Lorelai, Rory, and Emily, but I do think we need to talk about something other than what they look like. Yes. Um, I think of all the arguments, Emily is the most logical (laughs) in them most often. And I think Lorelai and Rory are terrible people. (laughs) They are. People might hate me for saying that, but they are, when you watch the show back, they're so mean. Yeah. They're mean. They are selfish. They don't, like, some of the decisions they make just, like, don't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's annoying because then, like, Emily does some bad things. I don't want to, like. Absolutely. Paint her as, like, an albeit hero because she's not. No, 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 no. But 
Lorelai is a very selfish person and she can be very mean to Emily when like sometimes Emily doesn't deserve it. Sometimes she does, but sometimes she doesn't. Yeah. And then Rory grows up. I think Lorelai tries to overcorrect for her mother so much that then Rory grows up with this. She almost gets lazy when she is like getting out of school and growing up and it's like she was always told that like she was you're the best perfect. you're she was the best you were right. bruised by three and just not Weird. real no um <laughs> she's like the queen of stars hollow like everybody in stars hollow like lays at the ground of these two women's feet i can't understand it because they're it's so mean to them bizarre. <laughs> and, i love it and i just think that she had such a charmed like everything is perfect mm-hmm. like you're perfect Life, which is almost funny because it's what Lorelai was supposed to feel growing up with a lot of money, but it ends up how Rory feels, even though they don't have a lot of money. Exactly. And it's just like this weird self-fulfilling prophecy of like Rory ends up being the spoiled child that Lorelai wasn't. Right. Because she is growing up in this coddled environment. I mean, I think a lot about Max Medina. (laughs) Oh, Max is on my list. He's on the list. And his thousand yellow daisies. They get engaged and they, the town throws Lorelai an engagement party, not even a bridal shower, an engagement party where she was, she is on a pink throne in the middle of town in a pile of presents. It's absurd <laughs> and none of this none of the She's timelines the queen of the town none of the timelines make sense because she no. would have moved there when she was 16 but then they pretend like her and luke didn't meet till much later i think about that a lot too i don't know i don't know about any of that but in case you're not a big fan of the show and you are a big fan of us so you're listening anyway um emily is a debutante of she is old money oh yeah she is very bougie she's waspy Her and her husband have a daughter. They are grooming her Mm -hmm. to go to Yale and... Yeah, Yale, sorry. Yale, and uh, she gets pregnant in high school with her high school boyfriend and doesn't want to marry him, so she runs away, which, Mm -hmm. good for you. You don't have to marry somebody just because they got you pregnant. Um, And then she raises her by herself in the maid's quarters of a hotel, Mm -hmm. gets a job. Lorelai works her way up to hotel manager, all the while telling Rory she can go to Harvard Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of Yale. And then Rory becomes this spoiled child that we were talking of. So in case you needed a little rundown of what's going on (laughs) in this crazy back alley town, that's what's happening. Yeah. And it all takes place in just like this idyllic, like Connecticut, tiny, tiny town that has town meetings every week. Right. Um, in the dance studio, the local dance characters. studio. <laughs> <laughs> the little townies. It's very sweet. But yeah, I think it was very important that we talk about the women. Um, it's, it, I sometimes don't agree with Emily, but it's very rare in their fights when I'm just like, Lorelai, why did you? fucking say that like right. you didn't Cause, cause have to say that because sometimes Lorelai is just being mean yes and you're like you did that to hurt your parents right like that didn't need to happen yeah and I think though it's also like you know years and years of hurt yeah it that is. she's going through I think part of what's really cool about the show and I didn't think about this until after Encanto came out actually mm. people were talking about how it displayed generational trauma for immigrant families mm. um mm-hmm. 
And I was like, oh, that's so interesting because I always really felt like that about the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Like this displays the generational trauma of privilege and like yeah. what can happen. Mm-hmm. Like things are supposed to be easier with money and they are. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Absolutely are. But these are the types of like familial relationships that are just like grinding each other's gears constantly mm-hmm. in these types of households. Yeah. Well, and I've always loved that like whole series starts off with like we are understanding that Lorelai got pregnant she had Rory she ran away and since then since she ran away when Rory's a baby they see her parents like twice a year right because they come for like Christmas and Easter and that's like it even though they live what half an hour half hour (laughs) I live a half hour from you and I see you 18 times a week (laughs) and the whole so I love kind of uh, thinking about why shows start the Mm -hmm. starting point and the starting point is because Rory is in high school Lorelai knows that Rory is very very intelligent she wants to go to an she wants Rory to go to an Ivy League school Rory wants to go to an Ivy League school but she can't the best option for her is to go to this very expensive private school Chilton and the whole series starts off with like her getting accepted and then she has to ask her parents for money because she can't afford it and this then starts because this is very interesting because her parents are like, of course, like they were like, we of have course plenty we'll pay of money. For it. Of we course, yeah, we don't, whatever. And the one stipulation her mother makes is she goes, but you have to have dinner with us every Friday night. And I've always thought that that was such an interesting point to start the series at because it shows that like Emily does not care that it is part of this equation. She's like, I just want to spend time with you and Rory. Which I've always thought was, like, a very lovely thing, actually. Yes. She's like, if this is the way I have to do it, then I'm going to fucking do it. I will bribe I, you into I it. I will bribe you into spending time with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because well, I think they're both so stubborn. They're so It had stubborn. to be a deal like this. Yeah. Well, and I love that, like, you see the similarities between them throughout the whole series. God, yes. You know, um, even just, like, the little physical ones, like. Some of my favorite episodes are like, you know, kind of bottle episodes where like really with the girls. Like uh, I'm thinking about the Bracebridge or was it the Bracebridge dinner? Yes. They all come in in the hotel. Emily are in a fight. And then you see that like Lorelai and Emily have the same night care routine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just like you see them doing the same exact routine in the mirror. I love that. And I love when Emily and Lorelai went to the spa because it's Emily. Emily is actually always trying to reach out to Lorelai. And Lorelai is constantly rejecting her. Yes. And like to be clear, to be clear, like she does have like past trauma with her mother. So she's like, I don't feel like I can trust her, you know, which is a very real thing. And I don't want to just, you know, just throw that under the rug. Yeah. I would also say that that Emily has, you know, past trauma with what was expected of her as the wife of a very wealthy man. Your daughter getting pregnant and not being pregnant at the debutante ball, not being able to like zip your dress up, which is like Lorelai's story. Yeah. That was the shame of the town right. at that point, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't make it okay no. to disown your daughter. But I think Emily is dealing with her own set of emotions right. connected to Lorelai oh, getting pregnant. She totally is. And I think a lot about the episode where they go to the spa together and they're at this bar and they're having such a good time because yeah. they are so similar. And you can see how like if Emily was less rigid, they would get along so well. Sure. And Emily is being less rigid. She's having a good time. And then all of a sudden she flips and she's like, why would you take me to this bar? This is disgusting. I yeah. hate this. And then you're like, okay, this is probably what has been going on this whole time. Yeah. But like, 
But again, like these are such interesting stories. Thunder. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thundering outside. Mother-daughter relationships are complicated. Sure. Grandmother-granddaughter relationships can be complicated. All of it. Like, generations have trauma in them. And I feel like this show does such a good job of, like, being like, I know we're past this, but we're never really past this. Yeah. <laughs> I also think one of the things the show did really well, and I absolutely approve of, is that you can be friends with your mother. Mm. So many mm-hmm. people are constantly, which I'm going to go get the box of wine soon. Oh, perfect. So many people are constantly like, if you're friends with your children, you can't be a disciplinarian. And I, I hate that line in the sand because yeah. like in, in my brain, friendship is like, that's the person I want to tell my stories when I get home. Mm-hmm. That's the person that when I'm upset, I feel comfortable talking to. Yeah. And to me, that is my children. Mm-hmm. I see them every day. We have a great time. We're mm-hmm. honest with each other. When they fuck up, I discipline them. Mm-hmm. When I fuck up, they're like, Mom, you shouldn't have said that to me. That hurt my feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a, a very comfortable balance to have. And yeah. I don't think... I would have known that that type of mother-daughter relationship was possible if Mm -hmm. I had not seen the show. Yeah. My mom and I were always very separate. Mm. She had four kids. I was one of the older ones. So when she was taking care of the younger ones, I was all but raised. And then it was just disciplinary. Mm. It was just be home at this time, do this thing. Now I talk to her every day on the phone now, Mm -hmm. but more in like a loving relationship than like a friend's relationship. Like I am, I was, I am friends with my kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's so funny because you and I had such different experiences with our moms because you were part of the older crowd and I was obviously the youngest. I was right. the youngest and I was the only girl, mm-hmm. which my mom didn't famously didn't want any girls. Right. She wanted 10 boys. And then, you know, I come along and the other thing about being the youngest is like the other kids were old enough to be doing their own thing. So like I was the only one going with mom on errands. Right. And so my mother and I spent a lot of time just the two of us just the two of us um which i think made us like very very close like we've had a handful of fights and when we have them it is horrendous blowout i we both feel sick about it oh i'm sure i'm sure i mean i can count them on my hands the amount of times that like you know and uh, which i feel like is nice because like a lot of times when mothers and daughters fight, it's kind of like, oh, this is another fight. But mm-hmm. like for us, because like we have spent so much of our time together, it does feel weird when we're like really in disagreement, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's kind of like, I feel like you and your mother have more of like a Lorelai Emily relationship. Absolutely. Me and my mom have more of a Lorelai Rory relationship. We're like, we like the same movies. We like to like, you know, just like indulge in the same things yes, together. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times watching the show where like my girls would go, ah, now I see why you and my mom do <laughs> X, Y, Z. Like, because like we literally have had some of the exact same fights and right. I am stubborn and a bitch. Yeah. Like I will say what comes to my head without thinking and it hurts my mom's feelings. And mm-hmm. then she shuts down. Yeah. Like it's very similar. <laughs> well, it's funny because I kind of feel like it's like, my grandmother uh-huh. is very much Emily. Yes. My mother's very much Lorelai. And yeah. I am a Rory. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. 
I'm sorry. I'm going to start writing the newspaper with Sleepy Bill <laughs> in Starzalo. I've never, like, I've never really thought about my grandmother's Emily until, like, this moment. I'm like, oh, my yeah. gosh, she is. And she's so Emily that now that she is literally, like, 95, she's, like, coming out of her shell. And she has all this personality. And you're like, you're not just, like, a rigid rule, rule follower? Yeah. I was like, you wouldn't let me look at Bill Murray when I was a kid because you thought he was too sexual. Like, <laughs> what who is this person like i love it i think it's like you're we're one generation behind your family in the i agree i'm like rory lorelei situation but that's what's so timeless about these situations is like mom's overcorrect for their other mother couldn't agree more (laughs) so we need to talk about best friends yes and i think there are three girl best friends in particular that are very important Mm -hmm. suki lane and paris yeah. Suki and Lane being townies and Paris being part of the Chilton Gale life, which uh-huh. is like a separate part of the show. And when there's crossover, it's weird. <laughs> it is weird. Um, I think that Paris was such a necessary element because Rory needed someone to challenge her and be like, I don't think you're a fucking princess. Okay. Yeah. Let's make one thing clear. <laughs> right. And I think that Paris is wealthy, has a difficult relationship with her parents um is very type a just like rory and i actually think paris is one of the most realistic characters in the show i think that she is uncomfortable being challenged but also wants to challenge i think Mm -hmm. her and rory start with a frenemy situation Mm -hmm. and then they grow to love each other i i hate that the show plays it off that rory is dealing with paris yeah. Because I think that Paris does so much for Rory. Yeah, she does. And I think that Paris is probably one of the most realistic characters. I love her. I love mm-hmm. her in A Year in a Life. Ugh. I love her in the... I think Liza Weil is just am- amazing. A tour de force. She's <laughs> great. She's beautiful. She's yeah. funny. She's quick-witted. She's powerful. I also love that Liza Weil tried out... Like, she auditioned for Rory. Mm. Which is a very interesting thing to keep in your head. And this was the right casting. Absolutely. Alexis Bledel's Rory, Liza Weil as Paris, absolute perfection because they do play off each other um, because Liza Weil is so powerful as Paris. She's so believable. Mm. And Alexis Bledel's Rory, she is very green. She's very new. She's very... You're like, is she a good actor? Is she not? I can't tell. Like, <laughs> is she just actually uncomfortable? <laughs> and that's like how Rory is in the show. You're like, is she a prodigy? Is she not? I can't tell. And it just, the casting is so perfect. I think Alexis Bedell must just be amazing because in Handmaid's Tale and in Mad Men, I'm blown so away good. by her. So blown good. Away. Um, but I, I love Paris as a character because you kind of, you hate her sometimes. You're like, why are you being so mean? And then sometimes you're like, you're perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and I love that Paris doesn't let the bad shit in her life define her. Absolutely. I've always loved the episode where Paris loses her virginity and doesn't get into Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like the horror movie where the girl who's not a virgin dies first. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, if I were to say, like, two things, like, Paris, you had sex. Paris, you didn't get into Harvard. Like, which one would I believe? Like, like, And I love that, like, she does have this, like, 
breakdown because this is a person who is like, this is the plan for my life. And then it doesn't go to plan. And I kind of love that they eventually, I think in the next episode or the next two, give you the reason why she wasn't let into Harvard. And it's because she is so overbearing in her interview. Mm. And she's an absolute psychopath. She's so powerful. She's <laughs> too she powerful. is so powerful. And usually it works to her advantage. And at this point it didn't. Yeah. And, but yeah, I think she's a great foil to Rory because Lane is a gorgeous best friend. Easy going. Let's Rory get away with everything. Is there when you need her, but isn't overbearing when you're not around. I love a best friend like that. My best friends like that. Mm -hmm. We are together when we need to be together, yep. apart when we need to be apart. We have our own busy lives yep. with our own separate mansions. If you don't <laughs> text back right away, they're it's not mad fine. at you. It's perfect. Lane is that best friend. And gets taken for granted for it. Gets I definitely take granted. my best friend for granted. I also think that Lane gets the shittiest storyline i think in all of gilmore girls i'm Absolutely. gonna say it well because dave went over to oc oh. i honestly <laughs> feel like if the oc hadn't have happened lane would have had a much better story yeah life. because zach is a douchebag zach is lame i know that everybody thinks he's charming and like whatever but like he was lane not charming deserved so much better i want her with sebastian <laughs> <laughs> hi <laughs> i'm gil i'm gil um <laughs> But I do feel like Lane gets taken for granted in the show and in Rory's life. There's an episode I'm thinking of in particular where Lane is really going through something. She kisses that boy on his head or whatever she does. She like oh, sniffs yeah. his hair. And she like needs to talk to Rory about it. And Rory is just like so incredibly unavailable and like not interested because she's with Dean. And Lane rightfully is like, Hey, I still exist. Like, I listen to your problems all the fucking time. And, like, I need you here sometimes. Like, I'm, like, going through it. Yeah. And you're, like, not here. And, like, was it her fault? No. She was in a snowstorm stuck in her parents' grandparents' mansion. Um, but I think it's a really, like, I kind of feel like Rory was never, like, oh, yeah, I should really pay more attention to Lane. Like, no. <laughs> There wasn't. I mean, I think they, they try to rectify it a little later on where they're like, you know, you're a really good friend. Like, they say it, but they, they're they not like walking Legos. the walk. They're not walking the walk. No. Um, and I think that's another way that Lorelai and your mom and myself are pretty similar in that we're pseudo parents to our, fr our kids' best friends. Ugh. Like, you just kind of step in when your kids have a friend that needs a mom because I think Lorelai was a mom to Lane. When she didn't have somebody who would let her listen to rock music yeah. or like, you know what I mean? Whatever she was going to do. Yeah, I totally agree. Because, you know, Lorelai tries to pretend like, you know, she's like, my life was terrible. I'm like, you know whose life is terrible? Fucking Lane. Oh, my God. She is. In <laughs> and Paris. And Paris. Like, like. <laughs> Paris may as well be Wendy Darling. Her parents are never there. No. She only has a nanny. Like Paris she, like, is speaks Portuguese, Portuguese because her nanny is, is always around. Her nanny is the only one at her high school and college graduation. It is depressing. depressing. Also great to have a nanny that loves you that much. Like oh, if yeah. you have a nanny that loves you that much, like God bless you. Yeah. And finally, we need to really talk about Suki. Because Which Rory learned her friend skills from Lorelai, obviously. Yes, because Lorelai takes Suki, Suki for granted so much. And Suki is Melissa McCarthy. Such a good friend, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Um, originally going to be out. But I think that actually this was better casting. I agree. She's more bubbly yes. instead of like crass, crass funny. Because Lorelai can have a very like dark, like sarcastic sense of humor. And I feel like 
Alex Borstein has a very dark, sarcastic sense of humor. So you Agree. can't have both of them against each other. You had to have Melissa McCarthy to lighten the mood. And she's clumsy. She's fun clumsy. and clumsy. She, uh, oh, my gosh. The chef that burns herself all the time. She's the best. Um, but they're business partners. They work together, and that's hard. It is hard. And I do like the representation of, like, how difficult it can be to own a business with your best friend oh god yeah because like they do depict that realistically where like they get frustrated with each other and it's difficult and like they love each other but also Lorelai has main character syndrome obviously she's the main character of the show so it's sure. kind of funny to say <laughs> but she I feel like she treats Suki a lot like she is just like a side character in her life yeah <laughs> like Suki is going through a lot in the show and I kind of feel like she does, like, kind of like Lane does. It's kind of like, well, you're always going to be here. So, like, why do I need to pay attention to you right now? Yes. I think the show had what most shows had in the early 2000s because we had just lost Ross and Rachel. Mm-hmm. They were looking for the next big relationship to fall yeah. in love with, which mm-hmm. they did a great job with Luke and Lorelai. Mm-hmm. But I think they missed what we picked up by 2010, mm-hmm. which is that, the girl best friend in the show is just as important of a character as the love interest. And they have rectified that and with male best friends as well in shows. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason friends worked so well is because they did have friends Mm. like Mm -hmm. literally the name of the show. (laughs) Like they were all friends and had other relationships other than the person that they were with. In fact, always more important. Mm-hmm. than the person they were with, which right. is why it was so enthralling, which is like with Lorelai, Suki was never the most important. Right. And maybe like it's because she had such a close relationship with Rory. Mm. We talk about this a lot in our own personal lives because sometimes <laughs> I feel like I neglect my friendships because I'm so close with my siblings. Right. And I'm like, I spend so much time with my siblings. I'm like, I don't have that much time to also then foster these other very important relationships to me. And like, it's hard to like really focus on those. And maybe that is just a byproduct of having a close family, having a close family. I I absolutely agree with that. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard when you have people that like your blood related to Mm -hmm. that you spend thousands of hours with. Yeah. Then to be like, well, yeah, yes. Sister, I can't go to your birthday because my best friend has a thing. Right. You're like, well, I actually no. have to do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, and it's like, you also don't want to miss it because you yeah. have so much, like, we have, I, I won't speak for both of us. I have so much fun with my family and oh, my in laws. Like, absolutely. I could laugh for hours uh-huh. and drink and eat and just mm-hmm. have a blast. So then it's like, Right. It doesn't I'm, feel like a chore to me. No, to to family's week. not a chore. Not to no. brag. <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to brag or anything. <laughs> it's not like Friday night dinners. Sunday night dinners are different. Right. <laughs> perfect. Um, but I think a perfect example of this, especially the Suki thing, is like there's a whole episode about Suki's wedding, and Suki is like not in the episode at all. <laughs> yes. It is about Lorelai and Rory and their flailing romantic life like with christopher right like isn't he christopher is gonna leave shelly and then shelly gets pregnant just everybody also amy sherman palladino is fascinated with pregnancy yo loves it she loves pregnancy will not even consider an abortion Um, (laughs) (laughs) not in the early 2000s (laughs) on prime time 
CW. WWWB. And then the CW. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. What a culture shock. Will not even consider. This is about Suki's wedding, and she is not in this episode. I want to see Melissa McCarthy getting married. Screw being a bridesmaid. I want her in real life married. Uh, I want the episode with Suki and with Suki walking down the aisle, not Lorelai and Rory. (laughs) After Rory kisses Jess and and Christopher is like, "Sorry, Sherry's pregnant. I'm not knocked up another girl." Christopher, have you heard of a condom? My God, (laughs) even once in your life. Once in your life, can you please? Put the glove on. You, you're like a 30-year-old man. <laughs> snip, snip, Chris. You live in Boston. Be more responsible. <laughs> so let's talk about the boys then. Okay, so I want to start with Rory's boys. We're, okay. we're mixing Tristan. Because <laughs> there's no point in talking about Chad Michael Murray. And then two seconds, <laughs> he's in the show. <laughs> a Chad Michael neighbor. Murray was just, I saw an Instagram video of him. And he goes, just some advice. He goes, if you fall in love with your crush's mother when you're in high school he goes don't then go and date the daughter once you get over your crush he goes that's just fucking weird talking about freaky friday (laughs) thank you for that advice thank you for that chad michael murray good good to know Um, oh my gosh okay we're not going to Tristan. we have to start with dean obviously dean jess and logan we Mm -hmm. have very different opinions on this Mm -hmm. but i i did decide when i was writing notes for the show that i do Mm -hmm. need to concede something to you Ooh. I think that while dating Rory is dating these boys, uh-huh. I think Logan is the best boyfriend. Uh-huh. I think. St- oh, he treats her the best. No doubt about I it. I think story arc wise, Jess has the best story arc, but while they are dating, mm-hmm. he is a dick bag. He's terrible. Okay. So let's go back to Dean. Okay. He's Dean, super smart. Writing in margins of books. Oh, okay. Yes. What happened? What happened? I mean, Gilmore guys rightfully called it the deaning. They make them dumb as soon as they start dating them. Same with all the boys. Well, it's, yeah. It's like as soon as Jess comes in, because apparently Amy Sherman Palladino saw <laughs> Milo Ventimiglia's <laughs> Milo Ventimiglia and was like, Whoa, that boy has got to be on the show. Who talks only out of the side of his mouth and then was in. So hot. Yes. And then was I in Heroes, hot. but then the writer's strike of 2008 uh. ruined his chances. And the backdoor pilot went. Uh. But anyway, not the point. The point is. Jess Mariano. (laughs) Dean is, you know, supposedly, he's the first Jess. He's the dopey high school boyfriend. But then he turns into the dopey high school boyfriend. Which which I hate. I hate that they did that to him. He's clingy. Because he really didn't deserve that. Mm. And then he was very clingy. But I will say the episode where, like, he's like, Rory, I love you. And she's like, whoa, hold on. I need to take a second. Very mature more moment for Rory. I agree because I would have been Very like, mature. thank you, you built like, me a car. You. I love you, too. Oh, my God, a car. Thank I you. I wouldn't have even thought a second about it when I was her age. Oh, no. my gosh. But <laughs> I think that he's a very good example of, like, the first boy that you date that, like, you have all these first experiences with, and it does feel magical, but it's just not right. And he's so tall. He's so tall. It's weird. He's weirdly what a tall. Haircut. <laughs> what a leather jacket. What a haircut. What an apron when he's um, at Dosies. God. <laughs> <laughs> nice chicken. But then, so then, <laughs> but I, then I, the thing is, I do love the idea of the guy you dated in high school that's always around. Because I think we kind of all have that experience on Facebook now. Mm. Where, like, mm-hmm. there is the mm-hmm. guy that you were with that now you're watching his life unfold. Uh-huh. And you're like, 
he is married to so-and-so he has this many kids like i know all about the people that i dated in high school and it's very weird to me you know it's funny <laughs> both of my ex-boyfriends are not on social media at all That's so i grand cannot keep tabs on them so wait do you feel like a cat going after a laser beam or like you feel good about it no i feel like i'm walking around the world and i'm gonna run into them with their six kids and i'm gonna be like whoa didn't know like you know what i'm saying the vegan like, with the basket of meat <laughs> vegan with the basket of meat i just feel like people shit on it but sometimes it's nice when you're like a little prepared for those things yeah and, that's like, true that's it's true. a little scary just not knowing what my ex-boyfriends yeah, are up to in I the will world. say, I don't unenjoy it because I also had very young, innocent relationships yeah, with my ex-boyfriends. Yeah, you were more like college age, yeah. whereas mine, like, there was, there was absolutely, it's not like Rory where, like, she lost her virginity to Dean eventually while he was married, <laughs> by the way. Dumb. So awesome. dumb. Isn't it weird? Because my current husband is not on social media. Neither of my ex-boyfriends. Am I attracting a certain type of person that just doesn't want to be on the internet? Superheroes only. Mole people? Superheroes only. Uh, <laughs> They're the dark knights of this world. I love that Casey. He's such a shadow on the internet. He has a kind of Facebook page that his friend set up for him that says he's from Tempe, Arizona. Sure. And his Instagram is Orville Tutenbacher. <laughs> He Casey could do whatever no he wants. No picture, no post. He looks like a spam account. He's golden yeah. in my eyes. Casey's golden in my eyes. I don't care what he does. But it's weird though. Like no one I've ever been with has any. If well, you're, you're kind of a ghost on social media too. I am now too. that's true. I put I have three posts live on Instagram today. Shit, I'd like to say um, you're really doing it. I'm really doing <laughs> it up today. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe it's my period. Who knows? That's it. The emotions um, run wild. <laughs> No, my period because I'm posting. Um, but I do think that it's weird that like maybe it is because I'm kind of a ghost on social media. I don't know. Anyways, so Jess, <laughs> Jess. Okay, I, I will know, be honest. My boyfriend, but he does treat Rory like shit. It was he was great, and because he was trying to compete against Dean, uh -huh. and then they get together, and she's like, "I want to go to prom," and he's like, "What the fuck is prom?" She's like, "I want to go on a date." What the fuck the date? Oh my god! Like the whole episode where she's just waiting around for him to call, and he goes, "I'm going to call you." I know it was like he was so like, cool, and then he was. Why'd they do that? Why'd they do that with Jess? I loved Jess. It is infuriating because once he gets her, he starts totally ignoring her. It's like he was paying so much more attention to her when she was with Dean, which is really irritating. Um, but the true experience of people, I'm the, sure. But yes, I mean, I have a friend that goes through that sometimes, where it's like this guy's totally obsessed with her, and then he just like disappears. And it's like, what the fuck? Where is he? Why? What happened? Where'd he go? I don't understand it. Um, but I will say, I think that Rory is her most true self when she is, well, no, 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 no. She's the best version of herself when she is with Jess. She, when he's acting like a normal fucking person. Like a normal person. I think but, Logan made her the hot, happiest while they were dating. Yes. And I think also, their banter she was, was good. the truest to herself. Yeah. Because ultimately, again, Rory is a spoiled bitch. She is spoiled. She, she loves to be spoiled by she Logan. She wanted to be in the DAR with her grandma. She mm -hmm. wanted to live in that pool house. She wanted to be palling around with Colin and Finn in their secret college society, jumping off of bridges. Like, that shit is fun. Mm -hmm. Rich people stuff is fun. Yes, I know we is. dog on it, but it's a blast. It's a good time to and have like, money. And like, I just <laughs> loved, especially before they deemed Logan mm -hmm. and made him like 
yell at Marty because he's a waiter instead of like mm-hmm. other, and have a trust fund. Mm-hmm. Like Logan was great. Yeah, he, they had great banter. Mm-hmm. He was very funny. So I, quick, so quick. And I think Christopher was like that. Ooh. I think Logan was so much like Christopher because they had money. They were funny. Uh-huh. They were smart. They were rich. They were mm-hmm. witty. It just wasn't right. Although I kind of fight that on Lorelai. I would have gone for Christopher instead of Luke, honestly. I would have too. Let's talk about Christopher and Luke. And Max. <laughs> and Max. <laughs> and Max. Max Medina, very first like serious love interest for Lorelai. He is. How could she agree to marry him when she did not love him? I do I... not understand. I never felt that she loved him. Not even once. No. I was thinking about this a lot in terms of. Lorelai and Max Medina kind of reminded me a lot of like Carrie and Aiden when they were back together and got engaged. Sure. But I think there's a big clear difference. Lorelai was not in love with Max. Carrie was in love with Aiden, but she wasn't ready to get married. I think that that's a very big difference in like saying yes to a proposal when you shouldn't have. Well, Lorelai was ready to get married. But exactly. wasn't in love with wasn't Max. Wasn't in love with Max. Mm-hmm. These are How two much very different situations. Is a thousand yellow results. daisies. How much money? Well, we also know that in that room, <laughs> they put a thousand yellow daisies in the room, and it was like a very small amount. Yeah, it's not that <laughs> many daisies. Like two buckets. <laughs> They're like, wow, that looks terrible. So then it was actually more like ten thousand yellow daisies right. in that room. Just a little background information for you. Um. And it must have cost a fortune. Sure. I know how much flowers cost. So much. That was that was like, all right, so let's calculate this. That was probably, if you were to get a variety of flowers, that's probably, that's more than one wedding's worth of flowers yeah. that was in that room. It's several Way thousand more. dollars of flowers. Yeah. I would say that's a cool, like, $3,000 in flowers. Sure. So in how my, m- in early 2000s. How many months income do you spend on the flowers? <laughs> Well, go, he works at Chilton Valley. They go so. with the real, oh, yeah, he's a private school teacher. He's got it. He's got it made. <laughs> he, he's an educator. You know how well they're paid. <laughs> Max Medina. Well, here's the thing. It's like I feel like Lorelai at that time was like ready to get married, but actually what she saw Max as was kind of like a guy to have fun with. Sure. That's what he actually was. They had very good like physical chemistry, but they weren't right for each other. And then, I mean – Christopher, mm. the the guy, the father of her child, the guy that she loved in high school but just wasn't ready to marry. So it's mm-hmm. the opposite situation. Mm-hmm. Their banter, their oh. love interest, great. Just their they timing. They had the best chemistry their on the show. Their timing was never right. The yeah. best chemistry on the show. I love them together. Anytime he's on screen, I'm like, I'm obsessed with that person. He's great. Chris, Chris Hansen. <laughs> Holla at us. <laughs> I um. love him. I think he's so great. He's so good in that role. And and you can tell how much it pains them every time when like it doesn't work out because the timing's not right. But then also it's like they do get married eventually. And they do fucking try. <laughs> they but... get married at the wrong time. They get yeah. married when Chris is his shit self. Yes, Chris is his shit self. And also like Lorelai <laughs> has already started dating Luke. And it's like a classic, like, you know, like on a break situation. Like they we were break on up. a break. And so it's like, it's not like there were clean breaks in between like these, like 
these two guys. It's like they're kind of muddled together at some point. Very which much is also so. not how you want to do it. No, they also fist fight a lot. Um, it's great. Yes. And they get married in Paris on a whim without even Rory being there. And I think that is the number one problem with Christopher is he mm-hmm. doesn't understand Mm-hmm. How, he thinks he understands how close Lorelai and Rory are, but when it comes right. down to it, he does not include Rory in the decision making, which means he does not understand. Yep. And if and Luke does understand how yes. close Lorelai and Rory are, and I think to Lorelai that is more important. Yeah, I will say Luke and Lorelai they have good chemistry. I do like them. It's not as good as Lorelai and Christopher, but. It is pretty solid, and I love that he is this, like, kind of constant presence. You know, I like this stability of Luke, which I think is what Lorelai likes about it. Well, and when they were fighting, I love when Luke's like, where were you on her third birthday? Yeah. Or, like, when she needed to be driven to the hospital with a cast or this, that, or the other. Which you were also like, there. where were you, Luke? You were, like, 19. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What are we even, What's happening? <laughs> You were impregnating Nar- the Miss Nardini. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> April Nardini. I lost. I totally forget about that. Oh, my God. My internet just went down. No. Um, I- Everything will be fine. <laughs> no, but okay. color on Gilmore Guys, Darth Nardini. <laughs> I am. I think she is so lovely at first and then becomes Psycho woman. Okay, but wait, wait, wait. So have we decided, do we think Luke is endgame? He was obviously endgame, yeah? Yes. I don't like how the show endgamed him in Year of the Life. I think that the Luke Lorelai storyline was the weakest, the worst in A Year in the Life, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, that was shitty. Um, It was shitty. I think they... Yes, Luke was endgame, but they could have done it better in the show. I agree. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think... uh... I think Chris needed, there needed to be something worse for Chris. Like, yeah. the fact that just they got married in Paris and Rory wasn't there is not a good enough reason for their relationship not to work. Not no. with their history, not with how much they loved mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. It was wrong. And I also kind of feel like Chris was never going to be okay with the Stars Hollow lifestyle because he stuck out like a sore thumb. Well, he just hated he that he wasn't Luke. In. He hated that he wasn't Luke. And also, like, I think one of the, a really good storyline was when, like, they had, like, the knit-a-thon. And, like, everybody was, like, oh, knitting he, for he the he Old Town Bridge. And he just paid for all of it. donated that much money. And she was like, what? Like, why, not- why would you do that? And he was like, well, you said your fingers were hurting from knitting. And she goes, yeah, that's just, I'm just complaining. Like, I wanted to knit all day with my friends. Like. That's the fun of it. He didn't get it. He just didn't get it. And Mm. those are the things that, like, Luke gets. Because Lorelai has changed dramatically over the course of the show. From when she was a young, pregnant, wealthy teen to, like, a not pregnant, (laughs) still well-off adult woman. Right. But who has, like, a different sense of, like, money and friendship and relationship and community, you know? than her parents ever did. Yeah, I think it's worth saying that, like, she ran away from privilege and worked really hard. She did work really she hard. She worked like, we very cannot hard. Take that away you from can't. Her. And I, I, I do understand she always had parents to fall back on. And the point of the show, like you said, is that she fell back on her parents. And she didn't want to. Right. It took a lot for her yeah. to do that. And I think that, I mean, that is the definition of privilege, when you have somebody to fall back on. And I think Christopher was also a reminder of that, which was hard for Lorelai. Yeah. She liked Luke because he also worked 
from his bootstraps to make the business he made. They're both entrepreneurs together. Yeah. It's cute. I totally agree. Very cute. Okay. Let's talk about the fun part of the Gilmore Girls' life, the townies. Oh. I'm going to start with Miss Patty. And, okay, what I was realizing when I was making notes is that all of the townies are stereotypical people. You've got the over-sexualized dance teacher, uh-huh. the super s- strict Korean mother, mm-hmm. the super um, intrusive smoker next-door neighbor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's ve- the very kind of, like, manly, cute, tomboy, auto mechanic. Yeah. Like, it is very fun. It's very fun because, but also they're, like, they're little twists on the stereotype. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. They're very interesting characters and they also like don't blend together at all like each of them have their own like you can like kind of maybe go back and forth between patty and bag babette (laughs) i almost called her baguette (laughs) Um, she loves her bread you know (laughs) (laughs) but they also are their own separate characters and i love that like the world building in gilmore girls is Unlike any other. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, Babette is watching Lorelai's pets and house while she's gone because they're next door neighbors. But you also see her in town. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't know that of any of the other people. Like, you know, Patty is the dance teacher and Mm -hmm. sits next to Taylor during town meetings. Mm -hmm. So she's like the second in command or whatever. Right. It's very interesting. The world building is unparalleled. I love that each of these characters like you are equally invested in oh yeah like when kirk gets a girlfriend you're like who the fuck is she what's going on with her that's not kirk's mother right how's she gonna feel about that (laughs) and i love that you just kind of get really invested in these characters and i love that like everybody in their life has one of these characters like Mm -hmm. i think about miss patty as like my miss edie miss edie (laughs) was a woman in my life who was like had a million husbands had all these crazy stories was like I, you know, stripped at the pairing place, which is like an old folks restaurant. Right. She's like, I was there dancing one night and I took all my clothes off. I'm like, Miss Edie, what the fuck are you talking Excellent. about? Excellent. I love that for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like that older woman that like, you're like, we're close. But like, I also know nothing fucking about you. I yeah. just know your insane stories. And I kind of feel like bad bets in that same kind of vain but she's like the neighbor version like she's right next door she's watching rory grow up and she's sally struthers how can you get over that and the thing is too about all these characters is like they do give them backstories like i love cinnamon's wake it's one of my favorite episodes when you're in the house and babette is mourning the loss of her cat yes and you're also realizing that her husband, Maury, who she loves dear, dearly. Oh, my God. They're so in love. They're so in love. Like, you realize in the house that, like, he has, they have tailored the house to Babette's size. Mm. He's ducking down because he's, he's so big and tall. He's so big and tall. She's so short and stout. And, like, I, they didn't have to do that. They no. didn't have to make that an element. And then the fact that, like, Babette's the one that has the breakdown in that, in that episode. And she goes, cinnamon was like our child she goes what if when we don't have that thing in common which is what a lot of parents go through when their kid goes off to college mm-hmm. they're like the kids out of the house our thing in common goes away what now what now what if he's not in love with me and i just didn't realize it because we were focusing on this thing and you know raising this cat or this child and she's like what if he doesn't like me right and it's like, he, and you're literally standing in this house that he built for her. 
this house that is tailored for her that he should not physically be living in. Because <laughs> he's like 6'3 or something. Yeah. He's so tall. But like, what a gorgeous storyline to give what would normally be a throwaway character. And not important character at all. And to have it have like real emotional depth. Like you, I like, I like get a little teary eyed in that scene where it's like Babette is like breaking down and she's like actually having these really important thoughts. And you're like, wow, I care about her as much as I care about Lorelai and Rory. Well, I think it, I think it happens with Miss um, Kim and Lorelai a lot too, Ugh. where Miss Kim would just be the joke, throwaway, strict mother, but she's not. She's not. Miss Kim is a little jealous of Lorelai mm-hmm. and the relationship she has with Rory, but she just can't get past um, like her culture. And then you see when her mom comes to town for Lane's wedding, like she's just as nervous of her mother as mm-hmm. Lorelai is. You know, like she's hiding all her Christian stuff, her American Christian <laughs> Asian things to put back out. Whoa, her big Buddha. <laughs> her Buddha statues. It's very... Like, it's the same thing that Lorelai goes through and that Emily, frankly, goes through when their moms come in from out of town, like, trying to please your mother with your house. And, like, again, Miss Kim did not need that storyline. No, she didn't. But there are moments when Lorelai calls her and is like, I need you to know where your daughter is right now. I cherish those moments so much in the show. Absolutely. Lorelai does not break Rory's trust for anything except for when it concerns Mrs. Kim. And she goes, I don't care that, like, they want me to keep their secret because overall, like you see this a lot in the show where like parenting is a very important, like Lorelai does have to break that friend bond. And she goes, I can't be just a friend because like Mrs. Kim doesn't know where her daughter is. Yeah, and I, th- I need to let her know that she's safe. I think the number one thing is she breaks the friend bond when it involves somebody else's child. Yes. Her loyalty is to the other parent mm-hmm. knowing that their child is safe. Yep. Cause it's a perspective that like, Rory and her friends can't have at this point. They don't understand. It's like, mom, like, why couldn't you have just like let it slide? And she's like, I can't because like I know how it feels to like not know where my daughter is. One of the most heartbreaking scenes, I think we can all agree on this, is <laughs> can we all agree? Can we all agree. <laughs> the episode where Rory goes to the dance with Dean. And they fall asleep. They fall asleep. Don't do anything physical at Miss Patty's. And it sucks because, like, Lorelai and Emily have been having this great night. They're connecting. They're eating, what was it, like, banana bananas on toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something ridiculous. They're having this great night. They're connecting. And then Emily's mad at Lorelai because she's like, your daughter's been out all night. She's, like, just like you. And she's like, no, she's not. I trust Rory. And then Rory comes home, and she totally flips on her. And right. she's like, where the fuck were you? Like, yeah, you made me look bad in front you, of my mom. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like. That episode perfectly describes that line that Lorelai is constantly walking mm-hmm. because she is like, well, I need to defend you in front, of my, in front of my mother. But also, you really pissed me off tonight because, like, that wasn't OK. I didn't know where you were. Right. Like, and this is also, like, kind of pre-cell phone. So it's kind of a yeah. weird mm-hmm. conjunction of, like, what was They're happening. They're paging each other. Yeah, in the early 2000s, it's a weird thing that's going mm-hmm. on where, like, you couldn't physically know where your child was all the time. Like, one, I think we heard this on another podcast we listened to recently that, like, it's now very cool because police officers are taking it more seriously when you haven't heard from a kid in two hours mm-hmm. because – they're so connected to their phones that if you can't get a hold of a child in two hours, then there is something wrong. And it's actually yeah. moving up Ugh. the time period 
for when we're going to start looking for children, which could save lives. It really could. And yeah. Which is so, so important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think the townies and the town parties are the, the best. Well, and Gypsy's the best. Gypsy is amazing. We have to talk about Gypsy. Because yeah. she wasn't in the first couple seasons. I, feel. I don't remember. I feel like she came out in like season two, really, when I think Dean she was, was building a, the car. She was around when Dean was building the car because they have her check the car. And she's like, right. I already checked the was car. Was that season one or I season two? I think it's season two. one. End wow. of season one. The I love you stuff is happening. Right. But I love Gypsy. I think she's such a fantastic mm-hmm. character. And I also love that Rose Abdu, who plays her, mm-hmm. <laughs> we know this from an interview we listened to with her, that she played Gypsy like Gypsy was in love with Lorelai. <laughs> and then when you go back and rewatch, you're like, oh, I can totally see that. <laughs> but Gypsy's a very, like, confident, very capable person. And I love that this whole town is basically, like, run by women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's men in the town, but There's they're all the town. goofballs or like, angry all the time like Luke. Mm-hmm. They're Sean like, Bean. Even, like, Taylor <laughs> Dozy is, like, he's there, but, like, Miss Patty's there to write him in. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're being insane. Yeah. Like, Same with Jasper and Suki. Like, he's there, but Suki's Jackson? Jasper. Jas- Jackson. Jackson. Did I say J- Jackson? <laughs> Jasper. 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 Who's a, who's a Jasper I know of? There's someone in, like, a Disney movie. Jasper. Oh, he's one of the eels. No. Yeah. The boss is on a roll. <laughs> That's it. Suki and Jasper. It's the same because she plays Ursula now. <laughs> there yes. it is. There's the connection in my head. Oh, no. It's Flotsam no. Jetsam. Jasper is Cuella DeVille. It's one of the guys. <laughs> he's one of the little. Horace Jasper. Yeah. He's yes. a henchman. He's a henchman. Okay. 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 He's killing... Similar to the eels. He's killing puppies. <laughs> killing you know, puppies. Killing souls. We know the deal. Um... <laughs> What's next? Okay. I want to talk about the other women. The other women. The That's women, a very important I think, yes. Every woman and man in this show had an other woman who is portrayed as a bad guy <laughs> because they're the other person, but they're not always necessarily the bad guy. I think we start with Lindsay. Lindsay, I feel, so every time I imagine her making that fucking pot roast or whatever the fuck it was for Dean, they're... They were you and Jake, married right out of high school. Everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Right out of high school. And she is trying so hard to be this, like, perfect wife for him. She's working so hard. She's finding new recipes. She's trying to clean their apartment. And, like, Dean is out working and, like, trying to make money. And then he cheats on her. Cheats on her with Rory. That, I hate that whole fucking storyline. Not because I think it's like, it's like, I know it's, this happens. It happens. And that's why it sucks so hard. It's why I hate it so much. It is not okay. No. And Lindsay and deserved better. Lorelai, Lindsay deserves better. And Lorelai was rightfully pissed. That is a, mar- that's a line that Lorelai never crosses. She's never. like, he is a married man. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care that you dated him in high school. Yeah. Like, you don't. Have sex with somebody who's married. I love when Roy says, no, like, my dean. He's my dean. And she goes, no, he's not your dean. He's Lindsay's dean. Like, that is a moment where, like, Lorelai is not only, like, pissed at Rory, but she is defending, like, you know, the person who, in Rory's mind, is, like, her enemy. Quote, the other woman. The other woman. And it's like, she's like, no, you're the other woman. And I think it is such an important moment in their relationship because... Lorelai, as much as she is selfish, selfish, 
she does see clearly through a lot of Rory's bullshit. And like, that was some Rory bullshit of like, no, but like he belongs to me. Cause I like, we were, I dated him loves. one time. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, he does not belong to you. He is married. Like, I don't know. I always felt so bad for Lindsay. Cause also like Lindsay knew from the beginning that like he, she was the consolation prize. That's a, I never would have married that man. No, no, not if he obviously is pining for this other girl. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I feel for her. Yeah. Emily's other woman is very interesting because, okay, yes, Richard has that girl that he has lunch with. Whatever. Don't care about that. I hate that story. (laughs) That's so stupid. That was when they were trying to make them interesting with Mm -hmm. that. But I love their solid relationship. I hate when they have problems. Mia is so important Mm -hmm. and I so Mia is the person that Lorelai kind of moved in with slash got a job with when she left her mother's and the scene that always gets to me is when um Mia is showing Emily pictures and Emily's like oh I didn't know you broke your leg and she's like well no that's she sees it at Lori's birthday party yes but she does ask for the box of photos right Mm -hmm. And I just, I, it, I remember it getting to me that it's like, oh, she really doesn't ever see her mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, she really didn't see her granddaughter, yeah. like, um, grow up. And then, oh, it's the fight where she's like, oh, you know, aren't you happy, like, blah, 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 that I was here to take her in. And she's like, no, I would have been happy if you fucking sent her home Ugh. where she was supposed to be. Which is funny because that's what Lorelai does to people like Lane. Mm-hmm. Calls and sends them home. And it's like, but nobody did that to Lorelai. Maybe that's what Lorelai always wanted. Somebody to call and send her home. God, I never thought about that. Yeah, but that scene always got me. It makes me feel so badly for Emily. Yeah, it does. She just wanted her daughter. They have one kid. One. It's hard to think about because you see where both of them are coming from. Because I don't think Mia has any children. So that's right. also another important factor in it. It's like, not that like, I'm a childless woman. Sure. And I wonder what I would do if like, like we have a niece. Sure. You have several nieces. Have so several many nieces. <laughs> but I have a niece who like could be in crisis one day. Sure. And could, I don't think she could be. But like. <laughs> you currently have five nieces. Maybe. Two of them could be in crisis one but, day. But like, you know. If one of my, if this, if this particular niece came to me, I don't know if I would send her back. I would, I wouldn't send her back. Sure. But if like one of your daughters came to me, I would send them back. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's also that's, but also like me as an interesting character because she doesn't know Lorelai. She has no idea what her mother's like. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me that, I don't know. And like, who knows what Lorelai said to her too, though. That's another important part. We don't Abusive know what household. Like there are certain yeah. phrases you can say that get you out of things. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if if I were Mia, I would have kept her. I think so. She gave her a job. It's not like she lived with right. her. She, she lived yeah, up at. Exactly. She gave her a job. Mm-hmm. She had a place for her to raise Rory. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. It's a very... It's a fine line. It's a very fine line to walk and a very difficult line to walk mm-hmm. because you also, Lorelai was technically an adult. Yeah, that's very, that's, that's a good point. 
is that she was an adult by then. Like, well, she's probably like, what, 17 going on 18? Right. So it's like, I'm going to give you some space. I'm going to let you figure out what you need. But if you're, she's now raising her own child. Mm -hmm. So you have to give her that space while making sure she's fed. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. crazy. But yeah, that, I think that's a very important other woman to consider because like there are some other ones, you know, throughout the show, like romantic interests, you know, like, again, like, I think about April Nardini is a very like other woman of Luke and Lorelai's relationship. The daughter. The daughter. And then Luke has some other love interests like the lawyer and whatever. But none of them are like super serious. No, nothing is ever serious enough to get Luke uninterested in Lorelai. Even when he's married on that cruise. Even when April Nardini's around. Or not April, but Anna. Yeah. Nardini is around. Like the only thing that ever gives him pause is his daughter. Yes. Which I think is a great idea of another woman. I yes. love this idea that the other woman can be someone that you're cheated on with. It can be someone who mothered you when your mother should have or could have. And that it could be a daughter that you are trying to be responsible for when you yeah. weren't. Well, it's, it's someone that you're having a very, very separate emotional relationship with. Sure. Because I think there's been a lot of talk in our lives recently about like emotional relationships. And I think that the problem is, is when you're not involved in like your partner's emotional relationship with another person, it's like, it's, I think about like my best friend Paige, like I have a very emotional relationship with her, but like Casey is also like very aware and involved in that. Mm -hmm. She's friends with Casey. I'm like, I'm friends with her. Like there's a triangle situation going on. Like you would never be like (laughs) not telling Jake that you're like, you're with Claire. Yeah. <laughs> like, that'd be crazy. It's like, hey, I have somewhere like, to go. And then we sit and talk about it. And then I go home and go, hey, guess what Claire told me? Exactly. Yeah. And like, like, that was the whole Luke and April situation where he was like totally hiding her. Mm-hmm. And Laura's like, just involve me. And it's totally fine. Right. You know? And I think that's the same situation that like Emily was having with me. she's like, I just wanted to know she was safe. But like Emily wasn't even given the basic information. Like right. I kind of wish that Mia had at least written her a letter and being like i don't know what happened lorelei is safe she's okay she is not going to come home but she is okay i wish that that had happened that would have been the right thing to do that would have been the right thing to like i am gonna keep her but she's safe and okay right you know which i think is what lorelei does later on with like lane and other people she's like i have them everything's fine you Mm -hmm. know which you know we don't like to fault me as a person because like she's seen as like this like guardian angel kind of. But like I do think that would have been nice for Emily to know that like Lorelai was not in a ditch with their granddaughter like starving well, to death. And it's also crazy because we just praised Lorelai for how she does it for Lane. Yeah. And it's like then Lorelai I guess knows she knows now that her daughter is older that she would have wanted wanted to know as well. Yeah. Which is why I think Lorelai and Emily's relationship is so hard because mm-hmm. Lorelai knows it would kill her. Yeah. Well, I also know. think there's another <laughs> other woman, <laughs> other women we need to talk about. And that is that in the show, every woman that is not <laughs> Lorelai and Rory is or their friends is seen as like a complete dumbass. <laughs> They're not like Liz. <laughs> I think that there is such a disservice done to like, just like regular ladies in the show. Like I think about when like they go to like, what's her face's 
baby shower sherry's baby shower and they're just like making fun of it and they're just like they're like wow these women are so fucking dumb and i'm like these women are probably really good friends and they're really excited for sherry to have a fucking baby and like this is what happens at baby showers like i know that like the games are whatever and like and you maybe didn't have a baby shower like this because you were a teenager which like fine be bitter but these women are all happy exactly like let we them don't have need, a good time you don't need to judge people at their baby showers and their weddings and their bridal showers let them live their dream yeah let them live their dream and just get the fuck over it it's fine i just feel like there was such a complex in the show of like again rory and lorelei are the most special people in the world and yeah. any other woman that comes around is an idiot <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and it's they like just can't hang i um, i almost <laughs> wonder like if amy sherman palladino like had that in her head like i don't i i think she is smart enough to understand what she was writing you know what i mean mm-hmm. well, she definitely does and i feel like maybe that's what she was feeling in hollywood mm-hmm. as like a vaudeville kid coming in oh sure and being like i know show business and then coming around all these other women who are like no you don't this is hollywood right not you know <laughs> I don't know, the Eastern Seaboard in the 1940s. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and maybe that was her experience, but like, it is always interesting how like, they just totally shit on any woman that is not. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I think two things we have to talk about before we toast is the lasting impact of the show Mm -hmm. and then the year in the life and like our talk about like the way the characters ended up. Yeah. I mean, which one do you want to do first? Um, I guess let's talk about the year in the life. Um, so I think one of the most important things to say, like we said earlier, is that Amy Sherman Palladino wanted her last word. So some of the storylines were yes. repeated, which is annoying. Like I think Rory and Logan's goodbye was absolutely repeated almost exactly. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot going on there. But Amy said from the beginning of the show that she knew she wanted the last line, the last four words of the show. And none of us knew what it was mm-hmm. until this came out. And it was, from Rory to Lorelai, hey, mom, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And those are the last four words, and the screen goes blank. Well, it's a mom, yeah, I'm, I'm pregnant. pregnant. Right. Yeah. The four words. And four and a half if you count in conjunction with I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, it would have hit so much better when Rory was 22, fresh out of college. Yeah. It hit when she's 33 and fully capable to own her own life. And I'm not saying a surprise pregnancy at 33 is not a surprise. What right. I'm saying is it isn't a, like, I think she wanted it to be a repeat of what happened to Lorelai. Yes. And it was not. It wasn't. And I kind of felt like that was a lot of a year in the life was like, there were some storylines that grew with the characters. Like, I think. Paris had a great storyline in that show. I love that she is like this crazy, like baby making maverick, mm-hmm. you know, whatever she was doing. It's insane. She's doing artificial insemination yep. and um, IVF for women. Um, like making designer babies. Like it's insane. And she's wearing like these amazing kitten heels and yep. these like kind of like high water dress pants and like mm-hmm. pink blazers and has this short cute, cropped short haircut. Hair. She's so beautiful. She's got these kids and amazing maid. She's divorced from Doyle, but they still have a good relationship. Ideal. Amazing. Ideal. 
ideal for, for Paris. Paris. It makes sense. Lanes and shit again. Lanes and shit again. She Rolling always around was, and always shit. will be. Rolling around. And it. even because like Melissa McCarthy was obviously like, a big star at this point, so she didn't have time to do it. But I also like kind of loved that like even Suki had like a big out there storyline where she was like taking her cooking more seriously and like going to do on this the road. thing like on the road. Like I was like, I love that for her. And I love that Emily's storyline. I thought Emily's was the best. Actually. The widow rap. Because obviously, like, Ed Helms actually passed. He actually passed away. So then they had to deal with that in this edition of the show. And I love that, like, she got to grieve and then grow from that grieving. Sure. Emily, or no, Lorelai and Rory did not grow at all in this. No. And I, that's what really bothered me is I felt like every other character, because circumstances beyond their control had changed, so, like, every other character was in, like, 2020, 2019, whatever the fuck this year th- this came out. I'm trying to think. Maybe, like, 2018. Yeah. Every other character was beyond and in their 30s. They were not. Their storylines did not change. So, like, these storylines would have made more sense. Right. In, during season seven. During season seven. It's like. Why Luke, are Luke and Lorelai not solid by now? Why are they not solid? It's been why, 10 years. Why had they not even had a discussion about ch- They had not even talked about having children. Or getting married. They've been married. together for over a decade. I don't understand. What has been happening over the past 10 years? It, that made no sense. I hated the way that Rory treated her boyfriend in Paul. that show, Paul. I hated that. It just doubled down on like the fact that like they can be really mean and like dismissive of people. I hated the fact that I just I hated the fact that she went to the most prestigious mm-hmm. private schools and colleges in the country and can't get a fucking job, which also there's a lot of people who can't get jobs. Right. But like she's offered jobs and not taking them. Like, she's being a douchebag. Like, I am very frustrated I couldn't at her. that whole scene where, like, she went in and, you know, thought she Obviously, had Obviously, like, job. they were, like, you know, going after her, which I do understand. They were making her. a point. They were making a But, like, then she gets in and they're like, so, like, what would you bring to the conversation? And she's like, what? I wasn't prepared for this. She could answer an and interview like, question. Why can't you just fly off the cuff and be like, this is what Rory Gilmore has to offer? I asked you about Amy Sherman Palladino with no prep and you gave me a 17 minute answer. It's fine. (laughs) But like I gave a better answer to what Amy Sherman Palladino has done for television than Rory Gilmore could give to like what she studied in college. What journalism planning for (laughs) her whole life. It's really upsetting. And that's the problem I had with the year in the life. Why is she focusing on tap dancing instead of journalism? (laughs) Everyone else grew except for the two Lorelai's. And that really fucking bothered me because it could have been a really fruitful, good conversation. And like, I do think there are some good things to the Rory storyline. I think that there are a lot of young people who go out and they're like, whoa, I actually don't know what I'm doing. Sure. When you're 23, college, not 10 years later, she's like in her, like, She's your age. She's older than you. Well, yeah. At the time of the show, like she's in her early 30s. And it's kind of like. Yeah, I'm like you have the resources. You have the know how to like be doing better than you are. And like, I understand there's like it was almost like she was postgraduate, but postgraduate for the the next 10 years. And it's like, I'm sorry. Listen, the nepotism that you have available to you, like. 
fucking use it, please. Mm-hmm. Like your grandmother could get you any job in the your country. Your boyfriend could give you any job in the country. That you're still sleeping with. And his dad is willing to give you jobs still. Come on. I just think because of Who also happened, was engaged at the time. Yeah. Rory. Come on. Come on. Just sleep with someone who's not engaged. Not married. to slut shame, but stop no, it. But stop like, it. No, that's They're not committed, slut shaming. Yeah, you're that committed is... to other people at this point. No. You're being bad. Bad, like, bad, bad. She's very aware of the situation. And it's like the other girls are not consenting to this. This no. is not fine. So, and I feel like that was the big miss. I think everybody else's story, like, I didn't care for the musical. Whatever. <laughs> um, you mean the waste of time? <laughs> the big Did you mean the big time. waste of time? I also think that made sense, though, because summer, like, we never saw summer in that show. Yeah, I want to no. make that very clear. It was always the school year. It was yeah. always school year. So sure. it was fall and winter. It was giving the townies their due, I think. You know? But, I don't know. Whatever. I, I hated it. There were a lot of good things that came out of that show. But Jess also, came out of that show. <laughs> great. Love Jess. Bourbon obviously. and writing books. How hot. He's Come so hot. On. Good job. I just feel like. I mean, my hope, my secret hope, I know it's not realistic, is that Jess is the father. I know that's not true. I don't know. I don't know if that's not true. Because I think she had sex with Paul and Logan and presumably Jess. That's the idea, that there are three possible fathers. Maybe Jess. I think it might be Jess. They were drinking a lot of bourbon. They were drinking a lot. I just, I don't know. There were a lot of missed opportunities with a year in the life. And I... It's frustrating that the two, those two storylines are the weakest of them all because I thought Emily's storyline was beautiful. It was heartbreakingly beautiful. I thought they did such a good job. I, I get chills every time I think about her like taking that lantern out and just like. <laughs> I'm getting emotional. I know. Like, it's so sad. Sipping that glass of wine alone and just being like, my husband has passed and I am my own person because she wasn't her own person for so Long, she was the prototypical rich wife who does nothing and has nothing except for the charities that she belongs to. But that's on the surface because right. un- they so do do things. They do like right. That's what I'm saying. She is that such was, a magical person. I th- Emily Gilmore is actually my aunt Weezy. Oh, my dream. aunt Weezy. She was married to my uncle Bill. They were my great aunt and uncle, and my uncle Bill is. He's in history books. He's the first, he first, the first American man over German lines in who World War II. Who set foot over German foot lines. Because he was a tank operator. <laughs> and he literally got out of the tank and, like, put his foot, put his foot down. And was One like, small me. step for man. <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up being, like, a very wealthy businessman. He did all these things. And, and like, Weezy wore a houndstooth coat like a bitch, man. She looked Weezy so was his good. Like, she was great. She literally, like did the thing of like she was like i will walk three steps behind my husband because like i respect him he is respected like but also like my aunt wheezy was a very strong woman very did her thing knew what she was doing knew what she was doing like i and that's the thing about emily and wheezy i don't want to paint them as like victims of the patriarchy because they were using it for their advantage like sure i don't think like there are definitely things that maybe they were like wow maybe this could have been different it would have been great but also, I don't think either of them wanted to be seen as victims. They were like, I did my thing because this is my situation and I made the best of it. Mm-hmm. And like, I was still a powerful person in my own right. Like, I have the utmost respect for Emily Gilmore and I have the utmost respect 
for my Aunt Wheezy because I think that they were strong wives when that was still like a really fucking cool thing to do. And it's also like an important Not that it isn't now. Not that it isn't now, but like. I think that you could take on the surface, like, whoa, you, like, walked a couple steps behind your husband. Like, it's fucked up. And she's like, no, like, I was respecting him. Like, and, and like, he, I did and it he respected pride. me. Yeah. And my Uncle Bill respected my Aunt Wheezy. I want to make that very clear, too. Her children respected her. Everybody. Said, like, even when I was a kid, I was like, Aunt Wheezy's the classiest person I've ever seen in my entire life. She was the coolest fucking person I've ever she seen. She was the coolest. She was very cool. I also think, like, it takes a level of respect between, like, two people. Yeah. Where, like, if the husband is going to work but, and, and the wife is going to stay at home, which is still something that happens now, mm-hmm. respecting her work as a, an occupation. Yes. Which I think is what makes those power couples. I think mm-hmm. Richard did that. Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes she felt under-respected, he would be like, what do you mean? You have the DAR. You have this. You have that. He was constantly reminding her of all of the cool things she did. Right. Well, and I loved when, like, he retired and then he was around all the time and then he was in her way. She's like, I have things to do. I'm planning things. I'm picking out China patterns for this party. Yeah, like, get the like, fuck out of here. Do you want me to go with you to pick up the dry cleaning? She goes, no, <laughs> I don't want you to come in with me to do that. Like, because it also, I think that moment, too, in that storyline showed that, like, Emily is her own person. My Aunt Weezy was her own person. And, like, oh, yeah. yes, they were connected to these, like, powerful men. But they were also individuals, which is mm-hmm. interesting in a show where, like, Rory and Lorelai are obviously, like, portrayed as, like, very individualistic women that maybe have uh, too strong of a bond. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe their relationship is unhealthy yeah. at times. It's a little unhealthy. But it's, like, you can be your very own person no matter what your situation. And I kind of sure. love that message. And I, th- I think the message goes along with the fact that I think mm-hmm. Amy is calling to, there are waves of feminism that attempted to reject being a rich housewife, that attempted yeah. to reject girls that are pregnant young, that mm-hmm. attempted to reject, you know, all these different yeah. ideas of a, a woman. And we just saw so many ideas of women and like yeah. are attempting, hopefully not to reject them on television. Yeah. Well, I think that like we're our last segment is on the lasting legacy, and I think that is one. Women talking to each other oh, yeah. was, I think, the biggest thing that came out of the show. Women talking about their problems, their struggles, whether they were a wealthy housewife in her sixties, seventies, or a young girl in high school. Well, this passes the Bechdel test. Oh my gosh. Flying colors. Every episode six times over. Yeah. There are more female characters in the show, more female conversations in the show than I think has ever been portrayed on television. Right. Because, and I also. And it's and about stupid shit. It's about stupid shit. And I like, we, we did an episode this season on Juliet Capulet. And we're sure. talking about the importance of young love and how like maybe we shouldn't just totally disregard it and like treat it as stupid and as much as like dean is like the stupid first boyfriend like whatever they do that to him it's an important storyline and i think it should be treated as important like the show is not about rory's love interest like obviously like the wb really wanted to capitalize all that so that so like there is there are teams that have developed but 
the relationship with Rory and her boyfriends is mirrored against her relationship with her and her mother and her and her grandmother. And like the real fallout that happens with these relationships is like, what does it do to those two relationships? Right. And I think that is the important part of this show is like it treats Rory's feelings when she is in the high school is very valid and very important. And it also treats all the other women's feelings as very valid and mm. very important. And I think that is so crucial to the success of the show because everyone feels seen. Everyone feels heard. I well, think not everyone, probably not the They're side like, characters. And also like no people of color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are in new England. We are in new England. Um, I think for me, uh, except for Michelle, um, <laughs> Michelle, Michelle, I think for me, one of the biggest things was about multi-generational relationships mm. And mm-hmm. that has been a really important for my life because I am now in the exact middle of my career um, and I am helping teachers that are younger than me and learning from teachers that are older than me. I have daughters mm-hmm. that are teenagers. I have a mother who's in her 60s and I am very in this position where I am exactly in the middle. Yeah. And um, I did get it. My, I was, we had a party for my grandfather this past weekend he was turning 90 and my mom and I were throwing it together. She was hosting, but it was at my house. Um, and we were setting up for the party and I was tired and I was cleaning and she was getting on my last nerve and I definitely snapped at her and was just so mean. Like the things I said were very, very mean. And she left like it was the day before the party. She left. She was like, fine, I'll see you tomorrow. Like whatever. We were very mad at each other. And after 40 minutes, I texted her and was just like, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I learned a lot from watching Gilmore Girls as a yeah. person to just be like, I don't need to hold on to this forever. Right. Like, I am so sorry. I know what I said was mean and hurtful. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's like move on from this. And like, I think my mom is a lot like Emily, where she took that in and she's never going to acknowledge it, <laughs> but like she needed me to say it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have like, I think fictional characters, just like the Juliet episode, we learned that fictional characters impact people. Yeah. And I've learned a lot about relationships by just watching on TV. People not saying sorry. Like there's no need yeah. to hold a grudge for 17 years. If I no. could just say sorry to my mom, yeah. she doesn't need to be mad at me because I was mean. You know what that makes me think of? is when Lorelai gets engaged to Max and she doesn't tell Emily. Emily finds out through other means. Yeah. And she finds out that her daughter's engaged through a friend of Lorelai's. It's right. like really shitty. And then they have this conversation and then like she's talking about veils yeah. and Emily tells her, she goes, you shouldn't wear a veil like your head is too big. And then she goes, you should wear a tiara. Because that's what I wore. Mm. And it's like this very sweet moment of like, she's like, this would look the best on you. And like, that's what I did. Like, it's like combining like the like, I'm being judgmental, but I'm also going to be sentimental. Yeah, (laughs) I love you so much. (laughs) Right. Which I think encompasses so much of the mother daughter dynamic of like, I'm going to judge you, but I'm also going to try and like be really like supportive at the same time really supportive and it's a it's it's again if it wasn't called Gilmore Girls I feel like it'd be called fine lines because everybody (laughs) is walking that fine line absolutely I don't know and 
It's so funny because you and I have been very into the show for a long time, and I didn't realize that we were existing in separate generations of the Gilmore Girls this entire time. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, it makes sense that I'm a Rory and you're a Lorelai. But, like, I didn't see it so clearly until we did this. And Do I was you want to like, see all my micro vests? <laughs> my micro sweats? You know, I have corduroy pants at home. I could have worn oh them if gosh. it wasn't 95 degrees. I didn't know that we were dressing up. <laughs> uh, are you ready to toast these women? I am. Okay. Who would you like to toast? I want to toast women who are in the middle right now. Yeah. You are being a part of your mother's life and a part mm-hmm. of your daughter's lives and you really just don't actually have your own life right now. Yeah. Like you're catering to everyone else. And that's like really where I feel I am. I am mm-hmm. not sad about that. Like I'm yeah. so joyful that I have such mm-hmm. a big family, but I am either doing something for my mom or at sports practice with my kids. And that is <sighs> yeah. my life right now. And I think yeah. that's okay. And I think that there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of women in the world that yeah. do that every day. Yeah. And I just like appreciate you. So good job yeah. being right in the middle. Good job. Cheers. I'm going to take the other two. I'm going to toast myself for being a total Rory. I think a lot of people my age, I think we get a little lost. I, I feel like I don't know how to do anything. And I feel like the things that I do know how to do are fucking stupid. And <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's and okay I, to be a millennial. <laughs> and I want to toast my Aunt Wheezy. I, I don't know if Aunt Neats is going to listen to this. She so. will. I'll tell her to. I'll my Aunt her. Neats is Wheezy's daughter. And I just think there's something to be said for, like, the fact that, like, I have – like Aunt Eats was a person in my life who like showed me a lot of respect when I was a young girl. And uh, Aunt Wheezy, I think, also replicated like Aunt Wheezy started that. She was like, young girls should be respected. They should be treated as creatures of their own. And like I only have very positive memories of my Aunt Wheezy. So to her and the other matriarchs that i don't know just make the youngins feel good they make the youngins feel good they make the oldens feel good they just they exude a a sense of class that i think is um i don't know i don't want it to go away no i agree (laughs) cheers cheers oh to the gilmore (laughs) girls okay friends Mm. we're gonna see you next season it's going to be all requests. We're Ugh. going to go through all of our requests. We're going to find going to great. people from different countries, from different races, from different religions, from different time periods, as we always do. We're going to try to hit as many of them as we can, which is going to be exactly 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, 15 episodes, 30 women. And then if we feel like we haven't done it, then we'll do two seasons of requests because Woo! we've been really putting it off. We have been. Because um, it is actually very daunting. Um, in terms of research to like research somebody you've never heard of. Yeah. Well, and sometimes like you look at a request and you're like, wow, there is nothing on this. Person. Yeah. Like, yeah. How am yeah. I going to create? Which I think maybe if you guys are into it and maybe I'll talk to Holly about this. We do like maybe like in an episode request season, like one episode a season where it's like a couple women have very short stories. Sure. And we do like 
for women in I that agree. episode because sometimes it really is hard. just not much, but we want to talk about it. It's not that we don't want to talk about them. It's that we have to fill out this whole big episode. Yeah, and I think that sometimes it's like when, like, I know it happens to me. Like, I'll see this, like, post about a woman on Instagram, and it's like a paragraph and her picture, but that's literally all there is. And it's yep. like that's her entire Wikipedia page. Yep. And as we've stated, we are not historians. <laughs> <laughs> So, and also, we have one week to prepare for each yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. So to defend ourselves more, yeah. we will do our absolute best. We want to do your request. Sometimes we look up the women you request, and it is, like, fucking amazing. Ugh. And there's d- books and books and books, and we've never heard of this woman, and she's so great. So that's our goal. If it's two seasons, that's 60 women, and we can get maybe a third of your requests done. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we love you. Join our Patreon if you want to have a conversation with us outside of this. Sure. Um, and join us for next season. It's going to be a really good time. Whether you've heard of these women or not, you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> Follow us everywhere. And never forget that well-behaved women can fit into their debutante dress. Oh, they absolutely can. And they rarely make history. Goodbye. You've been listening to Her Story on the Rocks. We are independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. If there's a woman in history you would like us to cover, you can email us at herstoryontherocks at gmail.com. You can also message us on Twitter or Instagram. We post all of our cocktail recipes on Tuesdays so that you can go get all the supplies you need and drink along with us. See you next week. Bye.